Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. Good morning. I am so privileged and honored to share this morning what God has put on my heart. And I want to let you know, this time it was... It was uh, a lot of what I share comes out of dreams and presence of Jesus while sleeping. And, uh, but this one is a little different in that it was weeks of God revealing his scripture to me, what is to be shared to all of us. And it was like, and it was like given in little bits and pieces, bits and pieces. But it all started with... Words spoken, words heard. Words spoken, words heard. There are words that have been spoken over each and every one of us throughout time. And we receive those words. And some of those words positive, some of those words negative. And, uh, and we have some choices in that journey. So, Father God, take what you have visited me in dreams for a week, and may they be planted in hearts that are receptive to what you have. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Just a little foundational stuff, and... Proverbs, Solomon wrote, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So words, words carry strength and power. And, uh, and in Genesis, we find out that in Genesis 3, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say? And he went on to say, you must not, did he say, you must not eat from the tree, eat from, that you must not eat from any tree in the garden. And the woman replied to the servant, We may eat from the tree in the garden, but God says you must not eat the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will will die. And then the, the, the Satan then said to him, you will not surely die. And the serpent said to the woman, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will see like God, knowing good from evil. Kind of foundational to what I'm going to be sharing as we go through God's word. Because then we find out, is this still working? And then we find out that in John The Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing has been made. In him was life, and that life was in the light of all mankind. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness had not overcome it. And then in verse 14, And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory and the glory of the one and the only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So foundationally, Solomon said, there's power in words. They can give life and they can kill. And then we found foundationally the whole beginning of mankind's existence. It was words spoken to Adam and Eve that hurled us into where we are today. And then we learn from the Gospel of John it was a word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And that, that kind of defines for you and I when, when words are spoken over us, where is the go-to person? It's the one who the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The go-to person for all of us in life's experience is Jesus. He is the power word for all generations. Now let's go see what Holy Spirit revealed to me about words spoken and, and how they can affect our lives and the lives of people we know. We have to go, the well, Holy Spirit then brought me to this great battle of David and Goliath. He brought me there, but he brought me to somewhere that I didn't expect him to bring me. And, and it was amazing. I, I turned on Newsmax, and Newsmax this morning always has preachers, and David Jeremiah was talking about David and Goliath. But there's something in that story that I learned in a dream I think will bless all of us, and it blessed me. In Samuel chapter 17, then Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for a battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul, a chosen man, and have him come down to me? If he is, if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. There's life and death in words. And what God said, words spoken, words heard. 
Now for the king, for the king, and for all the people of Israel, when, a, when this giant of a man spoke these words, what they received from those words was dismayed and terrified. They heard words, and the, word, the words brought them to be dismayed and terrified. But interesting enough, in this account, there's some other things happening that I never saw before. Beginning in verse 23. And he was walking with them, Goliath, this is now David, coming there, Goliath the Philistine champion from Gath stepped out from his lines and shouted this unusual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled in great fear. Now we're talking about what we're seeing here in Scripture. We're seeing as you go, a king, a whole nation gripped with fear, and we're seeing one man hearing the same thing with a different result. With a different result. As he heard, he, it was a different result than the whole nation and the king. Then very interesting enough, there are other giants besides Goliath in the story. And that's why I think I've heard messages about David and Goliath over and over again. I never heard about the other giants. But they're there. They're there. What are those giants? David asked the men standing near him, what will be done to the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? And when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to see the battle. Now, what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? And I'm wondering, there's another giant in the story. Are there family members? Is there brothers and sisters that have spoken ill towards you and me? Those are, there's another giant right there that David was facing. And I'm, and I'm wondering, have you or I been belittled when we know the Most High? Here's David standing alone, and the first giant in Scripture that he met was something very close to him, a brother. And a brother spoke down to him. Spoke down to him. But that did not shortchange God's vision for David and God's heart for David in what he was going to accomplish. I'm wondering, there's another giant. 
there's another giant. Now, he, before he met Goliath, he met another giant. And it's recorded in that chapter 32 and 33. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart or account of the Philistines. Your servant will go and fight him. What was the response? What was the response? And Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. Have you had words spoken over you and me that underestimated God working in us? You know, that giant they heard, now, now it was a brother, and now it's a king, a king that's supposed to be the leader of the nation. And he, and he tells him, you're not able. When God says to you and me, you are able. That was a giant. That was a giant. And maybe, maybe that giant of disqualifying yourself and those words that people... Maybe there's somebody in authority over you, an authority figure, someone that you regard as, you know, in this case, a king. And he says, no, you can't do it. No, you can't. You're, you're, you're too young, and, and what you're coming against, man, it's bigger than you, it's stronger than you, and you can't overcome. You are too weak to overcome what you're thinking you're going to face. Have those words been spoken over us? Have those words been spoken over us? You're not qualified. You're too young. You can't do it. The, the, what you're facing is too big for you. You might as well just give up. Remember, remember who was saying this to David. It was the king of Israel. Somebody that you would say, that's an authority figure over me. And he's saying, I can't do it. Well, God says you can and David never left the position, even those two giants that he had faced before he met Goliath, a brother saying, you're worthless, a king saying, you'll never do it. God is the God that says you can. We can never forget the God that says we can. You can do all things through me who strengthens you. Then going on in the chapter, Goliath speaking, he said to David, Am I a dog that you have come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. You, you notice his brother spoke untruth to him. The king spoke untruth to him. And when he actually went into the battle, it wasn't hurling swords and spears. 
It was words cast down. Words that David could either receive or reject. And, and now, now it's not his brother, it's not a king, it's an almost 10 foot guy that weighs like 400 pounds full of armor saying, you're, you're, man, you're dead today. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty and the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down, and I will cut your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and all all and those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Now, words spoken, words heard. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if some of us are still bound by family members, by authority figures, or the giants in our life that have spoken over us to drink, try to bring fear and dismay. Now, David's response to those words is key because he spoke back to his Goliath. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, I'm, th I'm thinking to myself, you know, while he's, he already heard words from his brother. He already heard words from the king. And now he's hearing words from the giant. And you, you know what? That's, he is an example of persistently pursuing God. So what came out of his mouth after he heard words from his brothers, after he heard words from the king, and now he's standing before this giant of a man hurling words at him. And his response was, you're the dead man. I know the God I serve. I know who he is. I know who he is. And today, before all the people. Now, now remember, earlier we found out who was terrified. All the people of Israel and the king. And so it's very important that he declares to them, hey guys, you know what? This battle on this battlefield is going to be won and we're going to know it's the Lord that does battle for us. It's the Lord that brings us into victory. And this will be a witness and a testimony to all the people in Israel, to the king and to the Philistine giant. And I'm wondering, words spoken words heard. Have there been words that we've heard that have set us in the shipwreck or words that edify us and build us up? And, there, and now the choice is life and death are in the power of the tongue and, and what we hear. It's, as we're hearing words, as we're hearing words, will that, those words we heard 
what will define us? The words spoken over us that have tried to destroy our life? Or do we turn, what it's saying to John, is that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Do we turn to Jesus, our mighty warrior, and say, you build me up. You lift me up. My confidence is in you. And Lord, build a testimony in me. Then going now, we drop into a, another story, words spoken, words heard. And it comes out of 1 Kings. And it happens to be a prophet called Elijah. Now, Elijah, before I start reading these scriptures, Elijah already had great success on Mount Carmel. And God demonstrated his power and his presence. And he had all the prophets of Baal killed that day and said, you're, 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 God is the God of Israel. He's the one that we serve. And, the, and this great demonstration took place. After that happened, and he came off the mountaintop, we have these words. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. <clears throat> so Jezebel sent a message to Elijah and said, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the one of, like one of them. Words spoken. But in this case, we don't have a, a view of a David that heard from his brother, heard from the king, heard from, from the Goliath the giant, and, but he heard from the Lord and he came out victorious. In this case, a little different. A little different. Words spoken, but the prophet, how did he receive those words? Let's see. He said, Elijah was afraid. Hmm. Doesn't say anything about David being afraid, but here's the a, here's a same story happening, the same thing happening, where he heard words after having great victory, and it starts out, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to, the, uh, to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. That doesn't finish there. All right? He, he heard words. He heard words. And he allowed, he allowed those words that bring fear in his life. And when fear comes, it's really hard to hear the voice of God when you get 
full of fear. Where does fear lead that prophet? Into saying, I'm worthless, I just ought to die. Because fear took away hope. Fear took away his hope. And when his hope was diminished, he didn't see himself as a prophet on Mount Carmel. But he saw himself defeated, wounded, and said, better off that I never lived. Yeah, I'm glad the story doesn't end there. Because you and I have a God of mercy, kindness, love, and, and he's that sustaining power. Because when he was his low, lowest point, lowest point, I mean, you can't get any lower than saying, man, I wish I was never born, and, and man, I wish I was dead. I'm worthless. Then it says, all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. You know, and he was talking about food. But you know what? Where's, where's the go-to place when we've heard words and those words we've allowed to have a destructive place in our life? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? At once an angel appeared and said, have something to eat. Have nourishment. Have nourishment. And you know what? And, and they're talking about it. They, they cooked them a nice meal there. But, but you know what? Where, where do we get? We get physical nourishment from the food we eat, but we need to go back to the word of God and find out what he says. That's food. That's spiritual food. And and uh, and we need we need to, as as we get to low places in our life. Maybe some of us have allowed the words spoken to take us to a place of depression and giving up. Then we need to turn to the Word of God and find out what He says, and eat from His Word and His truth, and know that we have a Jesus that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and accomplished our victory. Come on, come on. It's not our own victory. He accomplished our victory. And the prophet was restored because I want to let you know, guys, you're a believer. You've given your life to Jesus. He'll never give up on you. He'll never give up on you. He's relentless. So when we receive words that have almost taken us out, we have a God that is relentlessly pursuing after us. And he's going after us. And here the prophet in this lowest point. I mean, he can't get any lower than that. I don't think to say, I'm done. Immediately and suddenly. Like, like Catherine was saying, when she went to praise, it was like almost an immediate thing. Boom! Wow! It's gone! God, we need to know that we serve a God that will never, ever give up on you. Ne even in your worst failure, he'll never give up on you. And he'll be there. And he'll be there. Now we have 
a story out of the New Covenant. The New Covenant. And it's a little different, but it's there, and the Holy Spirit brought to me in a dream, so I'm going to go for it. Uh, and it starts out in John, Mark 5, 24. So Jesus went with him. Now, the went with him was he was going because he heard about a child that was very ill next to death. And he's on this journey to actually what actually happened. The child died, and Jesus raised her, raised her up from the dead. So he's on the way. He's on the way. And a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, let's stop there. When she heard about Jesus, the woman took a bold step when she heard about Jesus. You know, it's, uh, and maybe some of us, some of us have had issues. This woman was 12 years. And words spoken over us and words that, that were, came to, into our realm, they, they have gripped us for many years. I want to let you know there's hope. Though the answer has not come for many years, Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. And when she, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his cloth, I will be healed. You know, it, it, for this woman that heard about Jesus, her faith took her to a place where, in other cases in Scripture, the Lord, the people would say, if you're willing to heal me, heal me. If you're, and he responded. But this was like a secret touch. If I only just touch him. And you know, they got, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, remember some weeks ago, when I said when we take communion, God is inviting us, when we hold that bread, to touch him. Where he's inviting us to symbolically touch him. And she said, if I just could touch him, if I could just touch him, I've gone to doctors, I've took all my money, I took all my everything, and if I could, I heard about him, I heard about him. If I just touch him, I'll be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Guys, it doesn't take much. You know, it's if you have faith of a mustard seed. God will move mountains for you. So in closing, 
in closing, God does not give a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, doesn't he? So, have there, have there been words spoken over you and me? Words spoken, we found out, words spoken caused fear to come to a king, caused fear to come to a whole nation. But there are examples here that we've looked at where faith must rise up. And I've been praying for our church. I've been praying for now a long time, I think almost a year. Faith rise up in the gathering place. Faith rise up. Because words coming into us can be very destructive. But may, may we just put the destructive words off and look into the scriptures and find those words that bring comfort and strength and victory. It says, it says here, um, let's, ha- let's us as a body of believers have the faith of David. Have the faith of a woman that just heard about Jesus, never met him, never saw him, just heard about him, said, I could just touch his cloak, I'll be healed. And let's have a hope in a Jesus that may soon be coming back. Now, one, one little thing I saw, and I'm going to just briefly mention it, because, you know, words spoken, actions taken. We just, we just had a little episode out of David where he was not taken off track from his brother, from a king, or for a giant warrior. Yet, later on in his life, he got off track. And he probably never thought he would cross that line. But he committed adultery and he committed murder. The same man. Same man. Same man. You know, it says if you think you're strong, watch out. Be careful. Be careful in your life journey. But you know what the message in David and Bathsheba is? A merciful, loving, forgiving, kind God. Because he took that man that he said was a man after my own heart. And even when he did what probably he never imagined he would do, but he did it. And when he came to grips with it, he said, I've sinned. And saying that, he knew of a God of grace and mercy and love. That restoration was his and found in confession. So guys, 
words spoken, words heard. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you have given all of us a choice to allow words to destroy us or allow words to build us up. And Father God, when you and I, when we meet the giants of our life and people that in authority over us, our family members that have spoken over us, Father, and that they will have no place from this day on over our lives, but we will turn to you, the God of our victory, the God of our hope, the God that gave it all. When Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, his whole purpose was, his whole purpose was to redeem us, deliver us, and cause us to be victorious in life because he won our victory. We don't win our victory. He won it. He won it. And Father God, I break off in Jesus' name any words spoken over any of us that was not of God, that called us what we really are not in Jesus. Father, I ask you, Lord, to bring us at this church to a new freedom of knowing who you are, that we will go to your word and find out who we are, that we are more than conquerors, that we've been delivered, that we've been forgiven, that we've been loved, that we've been healed, that we have the hope of the coming of our King. And Father God, that we would be representatives of his kingdom on earth. And Father God, we will, we will be a testimony of who he is to the people around us that we know our God and he is the God that delivers us from all of our troubles in Jesus' name. And Father God, he's the God that's worth worshiping. Him alone. And Father God, may, may our worship be the fruit of our lips, that our lips would declare his goodness and kindness and provision in healing over our lives in Jesus' name, Lord. And Father God, a word spoken over us that were not from you, broken off from this point on and forever, that they will never be called back in remembrance. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site, so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Place podcast. God bless you, and have a great week.